Praise the Lord. Good morning. Just one thing I would like to add to that, um, and I'm sure he didn't. He did such a great job covering all that. It's so much to cover. Um, but that is not just, um, you don't have to be a member of Wellspring. I just want to make sure I make that point. He didn't mean to say it that way. Um, anybody who would like to uh, have Right Now Media, um, it literally is hundreds of Bible studies from very trusted sources, uh, great teachers from all different uh, types of backgrounds, and uh, just solid teachers of the Word. Um, there are literally teachings on marriage, men, women, teenager, children's. Um, some people just get that subscription for all the resources uh, for children's teaching and cartoons and you know things that are made specifically for families. Um, so anybody that would like to um, have that app on your phone, tablet, at home, smart TV, um, I highly recommend it. It's just family Bible studies. And uh, not only do we offer it to anybody, we offer it to the community. Um, we have that um, right as a church to offer it to anybody. So anybody that would like that, uh, let us know, and we want to get you hooked up on that. Uh, hallelujah. How many are um, ready to hear the word this morning? Uh, if you would, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And I want to welcome everybody this morning. I Just a real sweet spirit in the house. And, uh, and uh, let's just uh, go together and uh, just pray that the Holy Spirit would really minister this message. I don't want it to be my words. I want it to be the Lord's words. Hallelujah. I hope nobody came to hear me preach today, right? We want to hear from the Lord today, don't we? There's a lot of smiles there. That was kind of funny. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you why you guys smiled. Ryan really smiled. I've seen that over there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Follow along with me. John chapter 8. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, do you know that he's talking about being lifted up on a cross? He's telling them in advance what they're going to do to him. So when you have lifted up the Son of Man, who is the you? The people he's talking to. (laughs) When you've lifted me up, the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he... And that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, I want you to look at this. Even as he spoke, do you see the next phrase there? Many believed on him. So while he's speaking, what's happening? Many of the people are believing he is who he said he was. And that he came from the Father, and the Father is with him. How many know that's absurd if you're just a normal person? To say that I came from the Father, the Father's with me. I only speak what he says, and I only do what he says. This is absurd unless you're sent by God and you are one with Him and you're speaking only what He says and doing what only He wants you to do. And how many know no man in his right mind would go and on his own want to just go on a cross? 
But he was proclaiming to them in advance, I'm going to be lifted up and you'll know that I'm not doing this on my own. God sent me to do this for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so he's proclaiming to them who he is, what he's going to do. And it says many believed on him. So they're believing everything that he's saying. They're followers of Christ. And that's very important in this passage because it says, to the Jews who believed, who had believed him. So who is he speaking to in the next verses? To these people that believe he is who he says he is, that he's going to die and that he is that person, right? So to the Jews who believed him, Jesus said this, if you, who's he talking to? The Jews that just believed on him. So they're believers, right? They believe what he's saying. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. They answered him and said, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we will be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, speak your words, Lord God. Hide me behind your cross, Lord. Father, let me speak your words, Lord. Let me be like you, Lord. Speak only what the Father says to speak. Lord, I pray that every heart would be open to hear you and only you, Lord. Do a mighty work today, Lord God, in this message. And uh, touch hearts, Lord God. Set people free, Lord. In your name we pray. And everybody said, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to start with the very end here. Because Jesus is proclaiming that they can be free. He says, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And very quickly there's a protest. Did anybody catch the protest at the end? We don't need to be set free. We've never been a slave to anybody, which is very ironic. Because this particular passage in John happens during a time of one of the feasts uh, in Jerusalem. And so right there where they're meeting and talking to Jesus, if they look above them, there is a Roman guard above them at that moment. And they are enslaved to a group of people called the Romans. (laughs) Okay? So they couldn't be more wrong physically even. But Jesus goes beyond the physical. And this group of people had been enslaved to several different cultures. They'd been enslaved to the Babylonians, the Persians. Uh, They had been through the Greeks. They had been through the Romans. They had been through all of these different times where they were slaves literally to a different culture. Egypt, they were enslaved. And they said, well, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been enslaved. Well, that's not true. They had physically been enslaved by several different people. 
But even beyond that, Jesus said, everybody who sins. Now, a lot of us can listen to that. And we can have the same religious spirit. We can say, I'm not a slave to sin. But he says, everyone who sins. How many in here have never sinned? Don't raise a hand. I think Curtis was scratching his head. Okay, make sure. Julie, can you confirm or deny that? Okay. All right. Probably best. (laughs) How many know that everyone who has sinned is a slave to sin? This is the words of Jesus. So Jesus is saying, I am offering freedom Let me read it again. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I want to ask you today, do we even know what that freedom is? Do we know what he means by that freedom? Do we know when Jesus says, I will set you free? If you know me, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. If you know me, then you're going to know freedom. The title of my message today is Becoming Free. Becoming Free. How many know that he wants Jesus' ministry is freedom? And it says everyone who has sinned. So let me just be very clear here. We're all included. Like his offer is for all of us because we're all enslaved to sin. In fact, not only are we enslaved to sin, but the first thing God has to remove is what's called the penalty for sin. How many know that we've all sinned and there's a penalty? And the penalty is death. And it's inescapable without Christ. The penalty alone. Forget the consequences of sin. <laughs> The penalty of sin is inescapable without the work of Christ. So when Jesus Christ, his ministry first begins in Luke chapter 4. How many remember that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan? And then he went into the wilderness and was tempted literally directly by the devil. Satan tempted him very directly. And he had been fasting and And for 40 days and 40 nights, almost inhumanly, I don't know how he was able to do that, but he was so weakened in his state, Satan tempted him. And then the Bible records that he came out of the wilderness, and that's when he began his ministry. How many remember this in the Bible? This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 4. And Jesus walks into uh, the daily Bible study in the synagogue. And the synagogue, they have daily uh, reading, Bible readings. And that particular day, Jesus was selected to read the passage. How cool is that? He comes out of the wilderness. He's been fasting and praying. Somebody is always selected in the rotation to read the scripture passage for that day. Jesus reads from Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the Lord has appointed me. 
to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to announce to the captives that they will be released. And the blind shall see and the downtrodden will be freed from their oppressor and that God is ready to give blessings from all who, who come to him. And Jesus sat down and said, today this has been fulfilled in your presence. Hallelujah. How many know that Jesus was proclaiming his ministry of freedom? He was going to set free people who are captives, people who are brokenhearted, people who have been beat up by the enemy, people who the enemy has stolen from, steal, kill, and destroy. And so all of the things that the enemy is trying to do, his ministry is to give you freedom from that. And so what God wants us to do he, he is crying out, become free. I want you to become free, church. I want you to become free. I want you to be a testimony of what it means to be free. Free from everything. And you say, well, Chad, I'm going through this, 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 and this. And God says, I want you to be free. And God wants you to proclaim that freedom. And God wants to give that freedom. And God wants us to be a light to the world that this freedom exists. And sometimes we don't even know what he means by the freedom. We can't define it. And, and if we can't define it, how will we ever be able to offer it? If we can't define what the freedom is, how can we offer it? And so this morning, I want to really pray that the Holy Spirit would teach us what real true freedom is. What is Jesus offering here? Because it's more, it's more than just um, the freedom that we know about in our country. Like when I say freedom, just, just stop for one second. Close your eyes. Freedom. What does it mean? What pops in your mind? Just, just one second. Think about it quickly. Don't really think it out. What's the first thing? Freedom. I can do what I want. How many of that was what you thought? I can do what I want. Like nobody is making me do something, I can do what I want. I have the freedom to do as I please. And this particular freedom is that because there is an oppressor he was talking about there that says he wants to set you free from the oppressor. How many know that there is an oppressor in the lives of people? If you're, uh, if you sin, the Bible says you're a slave to sin. And that word is doulos. And a lot of times the translations will soften that word. But there is no softening that word. The Bible says that that word means that you are a slave. That means you are owned by the oppressor. And so the Bible says that we all are slaves to sin if we have sinned. And I think we all acknowledged, for the most part, that we sin. 
Well, let me give you a newsflash. You're a slave to sin unless you've been set free. That means that there is guilt that comes along with it. Anybody ever had guilt? Anybody have regret? Anybody have remorse? You say, why could, man, how did I say that? Why did I say that? You said, yeah, a long time ago before I was a Christian. Hmm. How about yesterday? <laughs> how about it? Let's just admit it. Let's just be, let's just be real church people. How about yesterday? Sin is still wreaking havoc. You know, and so guilt is a big thing. Man, I, how did I behave that way? Why did I treat people that way? Why did I do this to that person? How do I deal with this grief? How do I deal with this sorrow? How do I deal with this pain? How do I deal with my actions? How do I deal with my past? How do I deal with yesterday? How do I deal with... How many understand that sin, it just has a lot of things attached to it. It's a taskmaster. It's a It'll control your emotions and your thoughts and your health and your behavior and your thoughts and it'll control everything. And Jesus has to free us from the power of sin. And so he comes in and he says, when the Son of Man sets you free from that, you're free indeed. You're fully free to live. That means I can live without guilt. I can live without remorse. I can live without sorrow. I can live without sadness. I can live without the past. I can live without the grief. I can live without the hurt. I can live without the pain. I can live without all of that if I will receive freedom. In church, we need to be examples of freedom if we're ever going to minister that freedom. You say, but Chad, I can't forgive myself. You're still a servant and a slave of sin then. Well, Chad, I can't receive God's forgiveness. I can't... um, I can't get over what I've done. I can't get over the past. I can't get over what I said yesterday. You understand, church, we need to become free. Like He's offering freedom and the answer is His freedom. It's the only answer. But we've got to become free. We can't just say, praise God, freedom. Or praise God that the house is a certain way. There's freedom. Well, I want to know what are the steps to freedom? How do we become free? How can we be testimonies of freedom? How can we tell other people about freedom? How can we minister freedom if we don't have freedom ourselves? If we don't know what it means ourselves? And so today I want to talk about that ministry of the freedom that Jesus is talking about. And so, as you begin to think about freedom, I want to give you a couple of illustrations. Because I'm going to read a passage in Romans 6 here in a minute. 
And it's going to explain the slavery that God is delivering us from and what the answer is. What He's delivering us to. What He's giving us. But we have to understand what does it mean? What does freedom mean? If I told, let's say that you told me, and I'm getting ready to, the worship team is about to get really nervous here, okay? I'm just going to tell you. Chad, I'm giving you full freedom to play this piano. Total freedom. How many think that's awesome? I've got full freedom to do this thing. I've got full freedom on the drums. I'm as free as I can be. I can do whatever I want on those drums. I can slam those things pretty hard. And I think you just repaired them. Full freedom on the keyboard. Full freedom on the guitar. I mean, no, I got freedom. Hallelujah. Here's the problem. I don't know anything about them. And I'm being genuine. You say, oh, you know a little. I know nothing. Like if I got on that piano, I would be like a three-year-old child. You've heard kids playing on it, right? Bang, there's no rhyme, no reason, no sound, no beauty, nothing great about me having freedom to play the piano. And some people say, well, God gave me freedom from sin. Man, I can do what I want now. Freedom. Freedom. And they say, well, I got forgiveness. God forgave me. But see, here's the problem. If I had discipline, if I had training, if I had knowledge, you would give me freedom on that piano. And let's say that I had 10 years of training and discipline and knowledge. And something that I really need more than all that, and that's talent. (laughs) It's all right, you can laugh. I'm talentless. (laughs) But what if I did? What if I had been studying that since I was a young child, and, and that's my whole life was immersed in that playing the piano, and boy, I could play some beautiful songs and... I mean, you could just see me masterfully using my freedom to do something amazing. That's freedom. That's discipline. That's training. That's knowledge. That's instruction. And see, that's what God wants to do. He wants to give you freedom, but He wants you to have the knowledge and the training and the instruction and he he wants to teach you how to live life the way that he intended you to live life he wants to make something beautiful out of your life and he wants to give you the freedom to play it like use every talent use every gift i want to give you knowledge i want to give you instruction i saved you to give you that kind of freedom and sometimes life is like this here's another example Of what God's trying to do. How many have ever been in high school and you were in algebra? How many have ever had that experience? And, or some type of advanced mathematics. And they say, you have to finish the story problem. 
this algebraic equation, A equals B equals, or so many of this was purchased at this amount, how much? And how many have ever had those kinds of problems that you had to solve and you're like, when am I going to use this in life? You know, when is this going to come into play, right? And maybe you even have an answer key, right? And the answer key says, this is the answer. Here's the problem. They have that one little phrase on there that says, show your work. So you have to show how I came to that correct answer. And so you labor. You labor and you labor and you try to come up with the right answer and you try to come up with the solution and you can't figure out how they came to that answer. Well, how many know the Bible, everything that you're struggling with, depression, uh, everything that you're struggling with, with your emotions, your relationships, everything in life that we weren't meant to deal with, that God has an answer to. God's truth is in the Word of God. And how many know we've got the answer key, church? We've got the answer to everything that life is going to throw at you. We've even got the answer to death. We've got the answer to everything. We've got the answer on how to get joy, how to have peace, how to live this life, how to get the most out of your family. We've got the answer on how to play life beautifully and be able to play and be instructed by God to live from the beginning to the end. The Bible says you've been given everything for life and godliness, but the problem is the Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. God has put us here to find out what is the truth for your life. And if you can figure out what the truth is, if you can figure out more than what the facts of the Bible are, oh, I know the facts of the Bible. I know that God heals me from addiction. I know that God heals me from depression. I know that God heals my sicknesses. I know that God is an ever-present help in the time of need. You've got the answer key. You just don't know how to get there. And church, we've got to figure out how to we derive that answer of the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But here's the problem. A lot of the church is not free. And, and, and church, we've got to figure out what is that answer. And you say, well, God, I told you I needed this and you didn't do it. You didn't give me the answer I asked you for. And God's saying, I'll give you the answer. I'll give you the solution. I'll give you the, I'll give you the truth, but you got to figure out what the truth is for your life. And church, that's what we're not doing. We're not becoming free because we're looking for our answer and we're not looking for the answer. We're not looking for the truth of his word. We're looking for our truth. We're looking for His truth. We're looking for the Internet's truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. And God is saying, we need to figure out what is the truth so we can become free. And God wants us to be free. God wants us to minister freedom. God wants us to be ministers of freedom. And you say, well, good, let's work together. We'll bring them to you. And you can give them 45 minutes of truth every week, whether they like it or not. And how many know that's not totally how it works? 
We've got to know the truth. And we've got to be dispensers of the truth. And people need to get so much truth that they can become free. Hallelujah. So let's look at the pattern here and see if there is a pattern. Number one in the pattern that I see, they believed. How many see in obtaining the freedom that Jesus is talking about, the first thing you have to do is be a believer? There were several there that believed on him. How many noticed that? There were several that believed on him. How many here believe on him? That's the first step. We come to Jesus and say, You're the answer, you're the solution. You're the one, you say, well, man, I've done that. I've went to an altar. I've given my life to Christ, and, and I'm a believer. I'm a believer. But how many have noticed in that story that the ones that believed on him, it wasn't enough? Somebody looking at me like, man, you're preaching a false doctrine. But it says many there believed on him. And the ones he was talking to, saying, okay, the ones that are believing on me, I'm telling you this. That if you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciple. So now we've found step two and step three. Hold to my teachings. Hold to my word. Some of your versions say continue in the word. Some say hold fast. Some say um, abide. And so step one is believe. That means there's no other way to the Father but by Him. There's no other solution in my life but Jesus Christ. Well, that first step is kind of hard. That means that I'm looking nowhere else for my answer but the Word of God and Jesus Christ. Right? And so, how many know we look a lot of different places for a lot of different answers and we look for um, freedom in knowledge. We look in freedom in books. We look in self-help books. We look in friends. We look on the internet. We look at AI. AI, how can I not be depressed? But how many know Jesus said freedom is only found in Him? And so you have to believe first, and then He says you have to continue in or abide in or hold on to. And so as you begin to look at that word in the Greek, that literally means to build your home around it. Abide, like live in it. Like I'm going to live in His Word. And so that is something to live in His Word and continue in His Word. That means I believed, I had a belief, but now He's saying I need you to be a believer. That means I need to have you build your whole life around this. And so now I'm dealing with anxiety. Well, how am I going to deal with it? I'm going to abide in His Word. Well, Jesus said, cast all of my cares upon Him. Okay, I've got the answer key. How many of you have ever had the answer key? 
Yeah, don't worry. Don't be anxious for anything. Pray in all things. But how many know this is a journey? I'm going to trust you. Okay, I'm in a situation that I don't understand. It's death-defying. I could die in this situation. I'm pinned in in this situation. This is a very hard situation. And so I begin to look in the Word of God and guess what I find? All kinds of faithful people who are in the same kinds of situations. People who their health is on the very end. People whose money is at the very end. People who are in situations that are very stressful. That's why I try to break down every story in the Bible because they're very stressful, very extreme, very difficult circumstances. But I have to build my house around the truth. So if God says be anxious for nothing, how does He get to that answer? How do we get to that answer in my life? Well, I'm going to try to trust God this time. Well, you know, isn't there a different way? Isn't there a substance? Isn't there a thing that I could read? Or isn't there another way to do it? Well, you keep doing that because you've been doing that your whole life. Because we all have sinned, we agree, right? But now it's time to become free. So I've got to find a different way to deal with anxiety. I've got to figure a different way to deal with worry. I've got to become free. And you say, well, Pastor Chad, can you lay hands on me and make me free? No, I'm asking you to abide in the truth of the Word of God. Have enough inside of you to say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to trust the wisdom of the world. I'm not going to trust substances. I'm not going to trust a feel-good message. I'm not going to trust somebody else laying hands. I'm going to trust in God when it looks like it's darkness all around. When it looks like I'm going to fall, I'm still going to trust you. When it looks like I have no money, I'll trust Him. I'll die trusting you, Lord. And God will put you on a path to freedom. I've tested this, church. Trust me. You say, but Chad, I want something quick. I want a quick fix. And there are times that happens. There are times that truth will spill out in a message. Do you know that? There are times truth will spill out in a message. You'll hear that truth. And I'll say, come to the front. This is the truth of the Word of God. And you'll say, I believe it. You'll lay hands on that person. And immediately the chain's broken because they believed. There are times that you'll come in and truth has fallen all over the place. How many know that when you, when you sing a worship song, they're full of truth? Sometimes just the worship song, truth will set them free. Because they'll figure out God loves them. God knows them. God wants to help them. God is there for them. And, and, and truth is just spilling all over the place. How many know sometimes there's a truth that the enemy can't oppress you anymore? There's a truth that the enemy has been harassing your family and the enemy has no authority. Hallelujah. The enemy has no ability and sometimes the worship of the word of the worship will literally cause the enemy to flee. And so you'll see truth in the worship service where demonic spirits literally 
uh, the truth exposes their plans and their purposes and their actions. And you'll see that truth will literally make the oppression of the enemy just fall off and the enemy will flee. I'm talking about the truth. The truth is administered in a million different ways, church. But we've got to figure out the truth of the word of God. How did we come to that answer? How did it become a truth in my life? How can I become free from whatever it is that I'm struggling with? What is the answer? We find the answer in the word of God, but we've got to work out our salvation through fear and trembling. And Jesus says, it's not enough to believe. He says, you've got to continue in my word and then you will become something. You become a disciple. Well, man, I don't like the root of that word. Discipline. Remember I told you that God is setting you free to do something. He's disciplining you to be a person who is set free. Let me read Romans 6 before I forget. Here it is. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. Listen to this. We are those who have died to sin. Died to sin. When did I do that? How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know? I like the way Paul says that. Don't you know? All of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Do you know you can only die one time for sin? And if you're not baptized into his death and join him in his death, for the body of sin, your body is buried with Christ, how many know that you will die and pay the wages and penalties of your own sin? But if I've died in Christ, that old man is gone. I buried sin and I'm no longer serving it anymore. Listen to what he says. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that what? That just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly be united with him in resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body that ruled, the body that ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be what? Slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has a mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God, to those who have been brought from death to life. Offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness, for sin no longer is your master, because you're not under the law, but you're under grace. 
What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Now let me go down here to verse 19. He said, I'm using this example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourself as a slave to impurity, to ever-increasing wickedness, now offer yourself as a slave to righteousness that leads to holiness. Where you were once a slave to sin, you're now free from the control. You were, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap from the time, from the things that you were ashamed of? Those things resulted only in death, but now you have been set free from sin and become slaves of God. Do you see what God set you free for? All those things that were embarrassing. How many remember that we used to get up every day and think, how can I sin? Your instincts, everything about your human nature, your desires, your instinct, everything that you thought was, how can I please myself? What can I do for me? What can I do to please myself? Every instinct, every desire. And God said you were enslaved by those instincts, by those desires. And he said, I set you free from that. And now I've given you new desires. I've given you new instincts. I've given you new, and you know, one of the things that I remember being the most exciting thing about me coming from death to life was I would wake up in the morning and I would say, what can I do for God today? What can I do that's right today? How many can remember that day you woke up and you were thinking to yourself, man, this is really weird. I remember thinking to myself, this is weird. Now I wake up and think, what can I do for God today? Sin's been put to death. Does that mean I don't make mistakes? I still make mistakes. But now something has been awakened in me. And that is I am a slave now to righteousness. I'm a slave to do what's right now. Whereas before I was a slave to do what was wrong. Hallelujah. How many know that is the freedom that God has given us? And so... Step number one was you have to believe. Step two is you have to build your life around the truth. Step number three is you become the disciple, right? It says, then you will be my disciple. Step number four is when you become my disciple and your discipline, then you will know the truth. How many know how how much of a relief it is when you finally know the truth? Remember one of the psalmists said, suddenly I realize that every man is a liar. They said, let God be true and let every man be a liar. And so I've got to believe in God I've got to believe in God so much that I build my house and my life around it. Then I become a disciple, which means I'm going to let God discipline me. Let me know when you're in the military, you get to give your opinion a lot. That drill sergeant will walk in front of the line of men and he'll say, Private, do you think I'm being hard on people? Do you think I'm too hard? 
Now, what is the one thing that that private should not do? <laughs> Don't give your opinion, okay? That's the last thing he's... But how many know that when Jesus Christ is disciplining us and trying to teach us the truth, how many know that we get in the way a lot? We're like, God, I don't want to go anything uncomfortable, anything hard. I don't want to trust you through this. And God is trying to get us to be a disciple, to be disciplined, to say, Lord, whatever you say is the truth. But you know what we do? We constantly say, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about this. And it sounds a little better this way and it sounds a little better that way. How many know that drill sergeant's trying to save your life in a battle? He needs you to say, yes, sir, no, sir, sorry, sir, no excuses, sir. And But we don't apply any discipline at all to the Word of God. And it would be very nice if there were disciples that listened to the one who was discipling them and said, yes, sir, no, sir, no excuses, sir, sorry, sir. I'm not saying that God is that way. I'm saying that we're not very good at being disciplined. And some of the things that Jesus said, they would look at Jesus and say, your sayings are hard. But what I'm talking about is becoming free. And he says, you'll become free when you believe in me. You build your life around the truth. You become my disciple. And then, he said... You will know the truth, and then the truth will do a work. What is the work that the truth does in the next step? You become free. Free from what? Free from everything. Say, well, Chad, you don't know my problem. I need this answer. No, you don't. You need his answer. But I don't like his answer. We need His answer and we need the peace that comes from His answer. We need the truth from the Word of God and we need to become free through the truth of the Word of God. And church, if we'll do that, we'll become ministers of the truth. How many want to be ministers of the truth? The truth. And so we've got to search for the truth of the Word of God. We've got to be ministers of that truth. We've got to be... Uh, constantly finding out how can we be ministers of the truth. You know, how much truth are people getting when they come into our church? Are they getting that truth that they need to become free? Hallelujah. This isn't necessarily a rah-rah message, but it's Brussels sprouts. Hallelujah. We want to be free. We've got to figure out how to be free. So step four is a disciple will know the truth. God doesn't reveal the truth without discipline. There's no point. Why would somebody give truth to somebody who's not going to carry it out? You ever think about that? Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give truth to those who are going to trample on it. So it makes sense that God gives His truth to those who have the discipline in our disciples. Hallelujah. That's good preaching. 
And then step five is you'll know the truth and it will set you free. Whatever the problem is, it'll set you free. So let's go backwards here. Let's go backwards here. How many have ever done a math problem and you could go backwards and get the same answer, go forward, get the same answer? So let's go backwards here. You can only be free by knowing the truth. How many agree with that? That was the last step. You can only be free by knowing the truth. The truth can only free you if you know it. That's the fourth step. Let me agree with that. If I don't know it, I can't be free. And a lot of people aren't free, so what do they not know? The truth. And see, we can have the answer in church. We can have the whole answer key. But still not be walking in freedom. So the truth can only free us if we know it. And who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. So we can only know it by knowing Him, right? Number three. You can only know the truth by being His disciple. You become a disciple when you continue in His Word. You continue in His Word by first believing. Hallelujah. How many know it works backwards and it works frontwards? We've came to the right answer, church. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Worship team. Today as I close, I am uh, presenting a challenge to you. A challenge. Step one, believe. Don't believe in the internet. Don't believe in YouTube. Don't believe in AI. Don't believe in self-help books. Don't believe in your friends and your neighbors. Believe in Jesus Christ as the answer that will set you free. If you can't say check to that this morning, then you need to do the first step. And that is, Lord, I lay my life down. And did you hear the thing that He asked us to do? Be baptized as a symbol that I'm dying to sin. And I'm being resurrected in His life. Sin I've done away with. And now I want to live for God. So if you've done that in step one, you've already checked that off. My next challenge is step two. Have you built your life around truth? Like whatever it is that I'm struggling with that I don't have peace with, I don't have an answer for. Have you built everything in your life around the Word of God? He says, abide, make it your home, build your life around it. Make it the number one thing in your life, whatever I say. So when I have anxiety and I have stress, if I'm building my life around it, what should I do? I need to go to God and try to figure out. The Bible says don't be anxious for anything. But with everything, give it to God in prayer. And you say, well, man, I'm struggling with anger. I'm struggling with bitterness. I'm struggling with unforgiveness. I'm struggling with just being nice to my family and loving to my wife and loving to my kids and and just loving people at work and 
So how many know we've just got to abide and build our life around the truth that we believe in, right? Some of you can say check there. If you can't, find a place at the altar or if you need somebody to pray for you. We're here to help each other abide in the Word, grow in the Word, live in the Word. There's many resources to learn the Word so we can live in it. Number three, and I'm taking them real slow here. If you abide in my Word, then you can become my disciple. How would you like Jesus to invite you to say, walk with me every day? Let me know a disciple was one he invited to walk with him every day. So he's inviting you to walk with you every day. You say, well, that sounds like imaginary friends. It might be, I don't know, but I know I walk with him every day. I know when I say something that's sinful, he's right there. How'd you like that? How'd you like to have him over your shoulder? Say, I bet you feel rotten, Jen. Yeah, I do. Well, what do you do about it? Let's talk it over. Though your sins be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. And I died for your sins, and you're dead to sin. So render yourself dead, and let's make this right. I mean, no, that's offered to all of us. And so God is inviting you today to take him with you to work. Man, I didn't know I could do that. I thought he was just at church. How many thought he was just at church? He's not just at church. You say, well, how do I pray? That's how you do it. You're on the job site and something happens and things aren't going well. And it's like, God, what do I do? Lord, help me. Lord, you, know, you might even put some worship music on. You got a chance to do that. Or you might think of a, some a devotional you read earlier to lunch and read a devotion or say, God, what do I do? I've messed up. I mean, no, if you messed up, that's the best time to talk to him. So he's inviting you to be a disciple, walk with him every day. And so I want to challenge you, if you haven't done that third level, be a disciple. Walk with Jesus every day. Take him with you wherever you go. And he says, I do that through the Holy Spirit. He's going to walk with you everywhere. He's going to teach you all truth. He's going to lead you. And everything you do wrong, he's going to help you. And How many want that? How many want to be discipled? And then he said, here's the great thing. I only entrust the truth to the ones who are my disciples. How many have ever noticed that? He always pulls the disciples aside. And he's giving them all this truth. He's like, why don't you give it to the other ones? Because I can't trust them with the truth. I'm not going to throw truth to somebody that's not disciplined throwing pearls before swine. Everybody says, well, I'm a Christian. Well, you're a Christian. Why do you behave the way that you do all the time unchecked? God's saying, take me with you. That way when I give you truth and you mess up, the world can see that the Holy Spirit's working in your life. Hallelujah. And so God starts to give truth. And you say, so I'm going to be perfect at work. No, you're going to be the same flawed person. Only difference is Jesus is over your shoulder now. And so he says, hey, here's the truth, Jed. I'm like, where did you come from? He's like, you invited me to be with you today. And the Holy Spirit says, you're a rotten person. (laughs) You see how you treated those people? That's not how I would have treated them. And I'm like, oh, really? How would you have treated them? Well, I died for them. And as mean and ornery as they are, I love them. And that's a soul that's going to go to hell if you don't reach them. 
And so God immediately starts to pour truth into your life. It's not about you, Chad. I'm like, who invited you to come to work with me, Lord? (laughs) You did. (laughs) Okay, Lord, it's not about me. Not about me today. Not about my feelings. Not about my emotions. It's about the truth. I may get excited about this stuff. I want Jesus to walk with me all the time. And so now I'm a disciple. Step four is he's starting to give me truth. And then step five is what? Now I'm going to start walking in freedom. But what does that mean, Jesus is with me? I'm depressed today. Chad, why are you depressed? Because my sins are beating me up. Didn't I die for your sins? Didn't I die so that you could live? I forgave you for that. Get over it. But my past, my yesterday, my one hour ago. Chad, come on. Really? But God, I'm going through this. Hey, I went through a lot too. (laughs) How many know? that we can walk in freedom. You say, well, man, he didn't give me my answer. He'll give you the answer. You just got to be ready for what that answer is. You say, well, I'm asking him to heal me. I'm asking him to take this away, take that away. Can I tell you something he already has? Do you know that when you meet truth face to face, there will be no sicknesses. There will be no sorrow. There will be no tears. There will be no addictions. if you trust in him it's just a matter of time that I'm going to see him face to face and I'll be 100% healed because he purchased he bought it it's done it's all there the forgiveness is there the healing is there everything that you're praying for is going to be there in that moment when we meet him when truth is face to face with us it's just a matter of when do I get it do I get it now do I get it tomorrow do I get it the next day or do I get it when I see you But you already bought it. It's already there. Satan's telling you you're not going to receive it. You already got it. You just haven't received it yet. And God wants you to walk in the freedom of knowing, yeah, I've taken care of everything. I can heal you today if I want to, but I'd rather you be discipled by me. I'd rather you know the truth. I'd rather you walk in freedom no matter what happens. God, are you going to make it a sunny road? No, it's going to be a broken road. It's going to be a road full of tribulation. It's going to be a road that's going to be difficult. But God said, I've given you the victory. I've made it where you can walk in the truth and you can walk free. And it's going to be hard. Church, get it through your head. It's going to be hard. But greater is he that is in me. I can walk in the light of the Lord. I can walk in victory. I can be free. Or I can walk around and be defeated all the time. And I'm talking about becoming free. He said, when you know the Son, you're free indeed. And church, wherever you're at on these five steps, you better figure it out because we need people who are becoming free real true freedom we have to experience it because they will never experience it if we haven't experienced it how many know that there's a just look at those windows somebody is dying today they're dying 
Their families are dying. There's alcoholics. There are drug addicts. There are divorces that are right out there. There are kids that are being mistreated and abused. How many know that? There's a whole world out there that needs freedom that we should have and should be experiencing and should be ministering. We, church, we just can't walk around not free. So find a place this morning. Hallelujah. If you've never given your heart to the Lord, today's the day. Just let that whole body of sin be free from sin. Be free from the effects of sin, the consequences of sin. All that. I don't get up every day worried about sin. I'm not worried about sin damning me and condemning me. And I'm not worried about the failures because Christ died. I put sin to death. Now I wake up and say, what can I do for you? If I mess up the next hour, I'm thinking, what can I do for you? God, I forgave you. I hated that you messed up. But let's go forward. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, no, that's called putting sin to death. That's letting the old man die and rise up in a new life that he gave us. That's freedom to do what he's instructed us and taught us to do. Hallelujah. Find a place this morning. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, that's what we're here for, to get you free. Hallelujah. you're not ready for that kind of surgery I wasn't if God would have went that deep in the beginning I couldn't have handled it but the more I trust God and the more I'm discipled by God the deeper he goes and the deeper that truth goes and guess what the deeper the truth goes the greater the freedom hallelujah so let's pray that God continues and all of us do deep deep work and guess what's going to happen this is going to be called a place freedom. We're going to see freedom ministered to this community through this place. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, let us be freedom fighters. Let us fight for the freedom that you've called us to. And Lord, let us minister to others, Lord God. Do this work in your people. In your name we pray. Lord Jesus and everybody said, Hallelujah. Bless you.